What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrero, of course, and I am in a very, very good mood because we get to expand today the Niners Nation podcast network family. We've been looking to add people, as I've been telling you. We want to, you know, add as many interesting voices and perspectives to the network as we can. And we have very happy to announce and bring on board that Michelle Majuk is joining us, joining our Niners Nation family. What's up, Michelle? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm like, this is going to be so out of my comfort zone almost because if you guys don't know, I'm a Steelers fan. And talking about the 49ers, like I love talking about all football. Uh, I'll talk about any team any day. But the 49ers is just totally a whole different situation for me. I cannot wait to dig into them. And that is exactly, well, not just one of the reasons, but one of many reasons we wanted you to join is you have a different perspective, an outside perspective. Like we are all in our 49ers bubble here. And I feel like we need to get different perspectives. You are a researcher for NFL Network. You are the co-owner of theballblastfootball.com and the Ball Blast podcast. You do a ton with fantasy. So we want to just, you bring a lot to the table here. And so we want to do for all those reasons. Yes. And I do think it's important to get another person's uh, just thought on your team, because I know as a Steelers fan, I don't want to hear anyone talking bad about my team. Like we're going to be perfect. We're going to make the Super Bowl every year. You just you don't trust anybody, you know. So getting another person's perspective on your team when they don't have that bias, I think is super important. Absolutely. And look, I am not one. I don't wave the pom-poms when it comes to the 49ers, (laughs) as you will find out. So you don't have to worry about that from me. Uh, We want to get into just reacting to some of the free agent signings that the 49ers have made. Um, I saw a really interesting nugget from Warren Sharp that kind of blew me away because I was not expecting what he sort of tweeted out the other day about the 49ers. And then you had the great idea, Michelle, to look at one free agent signing from every team in the division that should scare us, which if you know me, like sometimes I'm not happy unless I have Ajita a little bit of the time. And so <laughs> we'll go through the division and sort of look at the moves that were made and uh, see what we should be worried about going forward. And I do think there were some a couple moves that can make you a little a little sweaty for next year as Ooh. a 49ers fan. All right. Well, we're going to get to all that. But first, I want to give people a chance to get to know you a little bit. So I've kind of got some questions, some rapid fire questions for you, uh, just so we get to know you a little bit, which we'll do over the course of the show. But uh, just like a rapid fire session. Are you ready? I'm a little nervous, but go ahead. Okay. First one, you have not seen this list, so I'm totally putting you on the spot. (laughs) This first one is more for me. Coke or Pepsi? Definitely Coke. I, I don't want Pepsi. Yes, you can stay. Oh, that is such a relief. Like I, when I go to restaurants back when, you know, human beings actually did that thing and they would say, is Pepsi okay? I would say no every single time. And they would look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, no, I, there's a complete difference in taste. And if there's not Coke, I I'll take a beer, you know? (laughs) Amen. What kind of beer? I'll really drink anything. I like hazy IPAs the best, but Mm. I'll also drink a Bud Light. I'm really not picky. Very good. Okay. Uh, first thing on your to-do list post-COVID? Uh, to go on a cruise again. I was supposed to go on a cruise before COVID hit. Like We were about to book it, and then COVID hit, so we couldn't go. Uh, I just love cruises. Where are you going to go? Well, I've only ever done the Caribbean ones, where you mm. go 
you know, it's not very far off the coast of Florida, but I want to, we wanted to take one out of LA, uh, just to Mexico or not Mexico. Um, why am I not thinking, but somewhere out of LA, just, just go the (laughs) the entire Pacific ocean. You're telling me. Yes. The best part of cruises for me is the, all you can drink and all you can eat. I'm not really Mm. too worried about where they bring me. I just (laughs) like being on a, I just like being on a boat near a pool, laying out in the sun all day and drinking and eating. So if you could stay docked, you would do that? Oh, yeah. I would be fine with that. Oh, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> how about this? Worst job you've ever had? Ooh. Well, I did work at Taco Bell in high school. That was rough. Um, just very, very boring. And people aren't very nice to you. But I was also a teacher for a little bit a couple of years ago. I was an algebra high school teacher. Wow. And that that is challenging. It's it's very rough. The students uh, make you go crazy. And it's just a hard thing to try to get kids to care about math, especially 10th graders <laughs> who already failed once. And I was teaching like the kids who already failed the year before. This just in people are jerks. I used to be a cashier at uh, Big Y supermarkets. And let me tell you, you see and hear some things when you interact with people. Uh, it can be a little a little disconcerting at times. Okay. Um, sudden death or the current overtime system? Ooh, sudden death. Really? Yeah, for sure. Like I want, well, my preferred... I want it to go to the college system where they both get it from. I want it at the 40 yard line though, instead of 20 yard line mm, okay. at the 40. And I, I would love that. It would just make overtime way more exciting. All right. I could see that. I could get behind that. Uh, two more. You are down by 14 points late in the fourth quarter and you score a touchdown. Are you kicking the PAT or are you going for two? I'm kicking the PAT. I'm a what? baby. I'm kicking the PAT. I just, especially even being a fan, I want them just to kick the PAT so I don't have to worry about that two-point conversion on the second one if you don't get it, and then the game's just over. Oh, I just, come on. I want to have fun as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that well, that's the criticism, right? So the, the criticism of kicking the PAT is you are extending the game, but you're really just increasing your chances of a tie rather than a win. Oh, nothing's worse than a tie. I agree there. All right. But and- I don't know. PAT all the way. Oh, I can't believe that. (laughs) And then the last one, what is the most annoying thing about the NFL right now for you? Ooh, that's a good question. I, you know what? I'm not loving the 17 game new restructure. It just, we're already, once we get to that week 17, we're just ready for the playoffs. You know, you kind of already know what the teams look like. You know, who's getting in, you know, who's good, you know, who's bad. We don't need the extra week to determine that. I agree. And it's weird because usually I'm like, hey, I like this thing and you want to give me more of it. I'm on board for that. But yeah, I don't know. Just something about it. Like, I'm already worried. Maybe this is just my scars as a 49er <laughs> fan, but I'm already worried about all my guys making it through 16 games healthy. My brain is wired to to think, OK, they won seven games. That means they automatically lost nine. They won five. OK, you know, like all the numbers in my head are good. And now I got to redo all that. I don't know. I don't like it. And then we're going to see some teams maybe sit their starters in week 17 and week 18. So we have two weeks of just like blah before the playoffs. And it's going to mess up all our fantasy seasons. Like normally I have all all my leagues end in week 16. Now it's going to go an extra week. I I don't like it. But it's I mean, it's going to happen. There's an owner's meeting, I think, later this month. 
it's it's going to be on the table. In fact, I heard that part of the reason that the NFL reached the new media deal as quickly as they did is because they had to do that in order to be able to expand the regular season to 17 games. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to happen. And then that means the Steelers, my team, would have to play Seattle. So it's Ooh. not the 49ers, but you know, you could be rooting for my Steelers at least that week. I will be. And yeah, the Niners sort of lucked out in that because they get to play Cincinnati, which in terms of having to play a team in the AFC, you can't really get much better than Cincinnati. <laughs> so that is good for the Niners in year one. Yeah, that is for sure. Okay, let's get to some of the football stuff here. And I sent you a tweet from Warren Sharp, who I absolutely love. He's a football analytics guy. He has his own website and he has a just a ton of awesome stuff. He has a really interesting way of looking at the game. He also works for NBC. I think he does some work for The Ringer also. And he tweeted out that 11 of the top 15 spenders in free agency are from the AFC. The Patriots are one at about $245 million. But number two in the entire NFL in free agent spending is the 49ers at $156 million, which stuns me because all year last year, I heard about how they didn't have any cap room. Yeah, and I think almost all of that is going to Trent Williams, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of skews everything. But they, I think they've been doing what they need to do to be a contender next year. So this is my, this sort of crystallized for me yesterday. I had a meeting with my boss and he said, hey, how are the 49ers doing so far in free agency? And I thought about it and I said, well, they didn't get any worse. But like you pointed out, a lot of it's gone to Trent Williams and guys that are already on the team. Did they actually get better? I'm not sure. And that's a lot of money to spend to stay the same. Yeah, I don't necessarily think they got better. They did lose a cornerback. They, you know, they kept Trent Williams, which I think was massively important to their success going forwards. And the contract's not as bad as it looked. When it first came through, I was like, oh, man, they overspent there. I know he's probably the best tackle or one of the top three in the league. But, I mean, he was getting an insane contract when he's 33 years old that would go till he's 39. But when you really look at it, it's a big contract for the first three years. And then after that, they can kind of get out of it. So it doesn't, it's not as scary as it looks. It is a weird deal. It's almost like two separate three-year deals. So it's a three-year yeah. contract. And then there's an option for the final three years, which is weird because Trent Williams would be what? 36. I think at that yeah. something like that. And even if they did want to bring him back, I'm sure they would just renegotiate it. So I don't think he's ever actually going to see that the back three years of that deal as it's written right now. Uh, the 49ers are pretty good at sort of structuring things like that. But but I am a little worried. Like Jim Harbaugh always used to say, you, you either get better or you get worse, but you never stay the same. And so if the 49ers are spending most of this money and they're, they've made a couple additions, but most of it's been on their own guys, I I don't know. I, I kind of feel like if I had to choose one of those, it would be worse, like you said. Yeah, and I will give him credit. Uh, I think bringing in Alex Mack, the center, is an upgrade to what they had last year. Their tackles are fantastic, but a little bit weaker in the inside. I do think Alex Mack is an upgrade. Now he's getting old, too. You kind of have an old line there with those with those two in Williams and Mack. Mack was a second team all pro though. The last time he played with Kyle Shanahan has struggled a little bit in the last couple seasons. I think coming back with Shanahan will help his play. So and such a big part about success on the offensive side of the ball is that offensive line. If they can, I I mean, do you think it's still going to be Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback? I think that's their biggest question moving forward. So, okay. Let me ask you this. Like we talked about, you are not a 49ers fan. 
You don't cover the 49ers. When I say Jimmy Garoppolo to you, what do you think of? My first word that comes into my head is just meh. Like meh. Average. He's fine. The thing is, you saw he's good enough to bring a team to the Super Bowl if you have a fantastic surrounding support (laughs) system around him and a great defense. Now, you can't always just depend on that your defense is going to be absolutely elite like they were in 2019. If all of your offensive key players will stay healthy, I would like a quarterback that can carry a team if he needs to. And I just don't know if that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, It's not. This just in. It's it's not like we've seen it. We've seen that movie. First of all, he can never stay on the damn field. I mean, the guy is always hurt except for one year in his career. He's been hurt. And it is amazing to me. 49ers fans, the loyalty that this guy engenders. Like anytime you mention that Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, it's well, a 300 pound guy fell on his ankle. What's he supposed to do? Oh, he tore his ACL. That's just bad luck. It's like, how many of these injuries are we going to ignore before we just admit that this guy can't stay healthy? Yeah. And if he was fantastic when he was on the field, just a complete game changer, then it would be, you know, a totally different discussion Then you have to stick with him. Hope that he can just, you know, get stay healthier, hope that it was just bad luck. But when he is on the field and he's just kind of like that game manager who can make some good plays sometimes, I, I don't think it's worth that injury risk. No, it's definitely not worth it. You asked me what I think they should do. I mean, I will say the situation with Deshaun Watson throws the brakes on everything. I have no idea what's going on in that situation. I don't know, you know, what to believe. I, I There's too much that we don't know right now. So before all that happened, I was all in on the Deshaun Watson, like move heaven and earth to get him. Trade George Kittle, give him four number one picks throw in Warner or Bosa if you have to. Like, I don't think you can overpay for an elite 25-year-old quarterback who already has his big money deal negotiated. Yeah, no, and I agree with you there. You would have to give up a lot, a lot, and maybe a big piece on defense that would make your defense significantly worse. But you've seen at least Watson carry a team to the playoffs multiple times. Now, last year, yeah, they went 4-12. and It was just a terrible overall year for the Texans. But that had nothing to do with Watson. Watson put up killer numbers. He just had an absolute worst team around him and a terrible coach for most of the season. So even if the 49ers defense is just average and the pieces around him are just average, he's going to make your team so much better. Here's the thing now with, with all these allegations. I was trying to think about it. Like, I don't know what could happen going forward that would make me feel good about acquiring him because the 49ers in this John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan regime, they have done an amazing job of acquiring just a bunch of good guys. They don't have any real guys with off the field issues at all. And so even if Deshaun Watson were to become available, I don't know if maybe they would shy away from him because of these allegations. And I don't know what could happen at this point to make me feel good about acquiring him going forward. Yeah, I know. This has just been a really bad situation for everyone to be put in. Like, I don't know really, We, I, neither of us know what's going on. If I don't want to make any assumptions about Watson, about uh, the woman that's accusing him or anything like that. Uh, you know, we don't know the whole story, but this does make it hard for any team to go out and trade for him now. And then also if they are going out to trade for him now is, are they offering less, which Houston's not going to accept? 
I, I think he might be stuck in Houston for a bit longer when we're all really just wanting to know where he's going. And be, by the time we get to the draft, teams have to know who their quarterback is. Like, do we need to move up to draft a quarterback? It, it's a whole, it's a mess. Yeah, it's, um, and I have said consistently that I thought that the Texans had to move him before the draft because if you're Nick Casario, it's great to get four number one picks, but you don't see the benefit of that, obviously, until four years down the road if you trade with a team like the 49ers. Nick Casario might not even be the GM <laughs> there in four years. We don't know. But if you trade for, if you trade Watson with a team like the Dolphins or the Jets that have two first round picks in the next two years, you don't have to be, you don't have to wait around four years to get the benefit of that. So I thought that they would have to trade him before the draft this year because if they don't, they lose out on that opportunity. Yeah. And the quarterback class next year isn't close to the quarterback class this year. They would get their choice if they move, you know, if they trade Watson with the Jets or Miami, they get their, they get either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, or if they want Trey Lance. Those three guys are probably better than anyone that's going to be in the 2022 quarterback class. They have to trade Watson before the draft, or I guess I don't really know if keeping him is an option because I don't think he'll play. I just I think they're going to be completely screwed if they don't get this trade done before the draft. Can you imagine if you're the Texans and they don't trade him and Watson says, well, I'm not playing. And the Texans, I mean, they're going forward with Terod Taylor. Okay, he's he's fine. But I mean, I think at best you're going to win like eight games there. And you have to watch that quarterback play, knowing what you have on your bench and knowing that even if you, you know, he's not going to play for you, you can't even trade him to get assets for him. Like that's the worst possible outcome for the Texans because he gives you nothing at that point. Yeah. And, you know, he could really hurt the team by saying he'll play kind of like Jalen Ramsey having a back injury. So you're still (laughs) getting paid. You're still getting paid your money. You're not holding out. You're just hurt. And then by the time they finally do trade you for what will be less than what they could get right now, then all of a sudden the back injury is cleared and fine and you're good to go. And I could be wrong about this, but don't they have the same agent? Isn't David Mugaletta Jalen Ramsey's agent? I'm trying to check it right now. That um, I do not know. Because that would be just absolutely fascinating. <laughs> oh, my back. Yeah, you know, it's just it's a little tight today. I don't know. So, yeah, but I would I would move off of Jimmy Garoppolo big time. I know you asked me that earlier, and I'm not sure if I answered it, but I, I was all in on the Watson thing. I was all in on Stafford. Um, now I think at this point your best option is probably to get a quarterback in the draft, and I would trade up. It, it just – nothing else you've done this offseason matters if you don't have your quarterback situation settled. If Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, I mean, they're bringing in Joe Flacco for a, a visit. Joe, the, the bones of Joe Flacco are coming in for a visit. Like that's what my quarterback situation could be. If you stick with Jimmy and he gets hurt again, like, no, thank you. And the 49ers have gone through this now, what, twice in the last three years where Jimmy G's gotten hurt. And it's just like season's over and it really stinks. And if you go into the season with Joe Flacco as your backup, that's going to be the same exact thing. Now, I think they're going to have to trade a lot to move up to either get Fields, Lance or Wilson in the draft, but they don't have too many holes. Like they're in a nice situation right now that I do think this is the time to go do that. Uh, Would you be okay with Mac Jones as the quarterback? I mean, so my first instinct is to say I would prefer a guy that's more mobile uh, just because I think that's where the position is going. You know, if you don't have a guy that's mobile, it puts more stress on everything else to be perfect around him. And Mm -hmm. Mike McGlinchey pass blocks like a rusty gate. So you're not going to have that. 
you know, you have a guy that, that can make plays on his own, is not always dependent on Kyle Shannon to draw up the perfect play and everything to be great around him. But I have said this in the past, and I feel like we have to do this. Shanahan and Lynch haven't really gotten a chance to pick their quarterback since they've been there. They were, you know, they brought in Hoyer at first just to teach guys the system. Then Jimmy Garoppolo kind of fell into their lap. No one expected him to be available. And Bill Belichick kind of just called him up out of the blue. So they haven't really had a chance to pick their guy yet. So I want to have faith in them to pick, you know, whoever you think is the best guy, that's who I'm going to think is the best guy. I haven't spent a ton of time watching college football. I'm not going to pretend that I did. So I'm going to try and have faith in them. I hope that they do go for a guy that's a little more mobile. But if they do pick Mac Jones, I, I would say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll run with Mac. Yeah. And I like Mac Jones, but you're right. He doesn't have that rushing upside whatsoever. I do think, I mean, they're spending up on the line for this reason. So you can protect the quarterback, but I do think they're a better run blocking line than a pass blocking line at this point. I, I like Mac Jones because it just seems like he can put the ball exactly where he wants to uh, Anytime he passes a ball, it goes to the exact point that you would want it to go to as a receiver. Now, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, so I just don't know how much of an upgrade you're going to see immediately from Jimmy Garoppolo, from Mac Jones. I I think their best bet is to just spend up, move up, get a Trey Lance. You probably only have to move up to eight, maybe. What stinks is that the 49ers were bad this year, but they weren't bad enough. (laughs) Yeah. Which is crazy when you consider all the massive injuries they had that they didn't really lose enough games to get to get high enough up there. But I mean, if you here's the thing, if you want to do it, you can do it. Like the thing with the Carolina Panthers, where you hear their owner, David Tepper, is all in to get a quarterback. They're going to do it because when your owner is all in, he's going to say whatever you have to do to get it done. I want it done. So, you know, you might have to pay a crazy high price, but if the owner's on board, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I think the 49ers are in a better spot to do it than the Panthers with fewer holes. So I I would feel better as a 49ers fan giving up a ton to move up to get my quarterback that I want for the future than I would as a Panthers fan giving up a ton. That's fair. Um, since we're talking about quarterbacks, I just want to squeeze this in for my own edification. Were you on board with the idea to stick with Ben this year? Because I think that's, I said on the SB Nation NFL show yesterday, that was a bad choice. I mean, the Steelers owed him so much money either way. So sorry, my cat with his little collar is making lots of noise. Uh, the, <laughs> the Steelers were going to owe Ben a lot of money if he played or didn't play. I think they would save maybe like $19 million if he did retire. The thing is, last year in 2019, it was brutal as a Steelers fan without Big Ben back there watching Mason Rudolph. I just don't know what the plan would have been if Ben retired. Like if it was to start Mason Rudolph or oh, – Dwayne Haskins, don't even get me started with that. <laughs> if if that's the plan that I want, I want to see Big Ben back. Now, if the plan was to move up in the draft, I think they have too many holes to move up and they would have to move up a ton, give up a ton. So I think this was really our only option. I think Ben was okay last year until his two knee injuries. He, he <laughs> hurt both knees and then they started passing the ball five feet away every single play and the offense collapsed. Yeah. Uh, my thinking was... I would rather roll with a young guy than another year of Ben. Like, you know, what are you going to get out of Ben? One more year, maybe? Like, tr- you can trade for Sam Darnold. For some reason, I could picture no. Darnold in a Steeler jersey. I don't know why. No, please, no, no. What? I, Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback. I will Thank you. die on this hill. 
die on this hill. I don't care that he's had a bad surrounding cast around him. He hasn't just been average where if you give him pieces, oh, he can get better. He has been beyond terrible, like beyond (laughs) terrible. His ceiling is an average quarterback. Like his ceiling is meh. And I don't want that as a ceiling. Like if you already know that's the ceiling, what's the point? Right. And I'm so glad you said that because Darnold has been a 49er, you know, one of the thousand quarterbacks in the 49ers rumor mill forever. And my whole thing was, even if he's 20% better away from the Jets and Adam Gase, that's still not very good. I don't think people get that. Like if he wasn't drafted in the first round, nobody would be thinking that he's a good quarterback. We've seen him play. Like have people not seen this dude when he's been out there? He stinks. Yeah, he doesn't have a strong arm. He's not super mobile. There is really no ceiling for him. He, he makes bad decisions. I don't, I don't get this obsession with Sam Darnold once he gets... I, I think this whole theory that when a player gets away from Adam Gase is a little overblown. No, like we've seen Kenyon Drake move on and teams not use him as a lead back as they should or when the Cardinals finally did. He wasn't very good. We've seen Le'Veon Bell leave to Kansas City. Not used. Like we, we're now seeing different players leave and they're not any better than they were with Gase. I know Ryan Tannehill left and he was That's better. The one. Yep. But let, Ryan Tannehill wasn't that bad of a quarterback in Miami. He was always, always hurt. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that's different. So then he ended up becoming a quarterback that could stay healthy in a great system that just worked for him with a absolute elite running back that carries that team. It's a different situation. I just would not compare Sam Darnold to Ryan Tannehill. I am so glad to hear you say that because I see the 49ers fans are like, they're like people in the desert, right? They're so desperate for a drink that they'll drink any liquid you put in front of them, whether it's (laughs) supposed to be consumed or not. And I feel like that's where we are with the Niners quarterback situation. The Niners have not had a really good quarterback in a really long time. And so they're like, oh, Sam Darnold, he could be good. Maybe I mean, you had people talking about Josh Rosen possibly being good. <laughs> no, I think if your choices are Jimmy Garoppolo or Sam Darnold, just stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. Because Sam Darnold's going to have to get paid soon, too. Like, he's not going to get a big payday, but he's about to be off his rookie contract. I, I'm not I'm not even giving him a an average size contract for a quarterback. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. No, thank you, Sam Darnold. Hard pass. And I think if the Niners were going to do that, they would have done it already. So hopefully that that is off the board for the Niners. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we will look at the other free agent signings from other teams in the NFC West. That should give you a little agita uh, before the season gets started. Welcome back to the Niners Nation podcast. Okay, Michelle. We are going to look at the other teams in the NFC West. And I have been, didn't realize this. I have been throwing the word Ajita out there as if everybody knows what it is. And during the break, you asked me what it meant. So now I feel really self-conscious. If you don't know, Ajita is like just a general state of discomfort in your stomach where you don't know, you don't know what might happen, but you know, you may need a bathroom soon. (laughs) I'm I am happy I asked you because uh, you said it twice. And I was like, okay, the second time, this must be a thing. This must be a word he uses. <laughs> I figured I, I should figure out what it means. I like that you played it off all cool during the show. Like you were just like, okay, I don't know what that means, but we're just going to roll with it. <laughs> I figured I got the gist of what you're going for. So I could go along with it. There you go. Okay. So we're going to look at some free agent signings from some non 49ers NFC West teams. Let's start with the Seahawks because they are the team that I hate the most. Really? Is it because of Russell Wilson? Yes, I have told Russell Wilson to his face that I hate his guts. 
<laughs> and it it's was because, it's because he always wins, right? Oh, is yeah. it just jealousy? Because I hate Tom Brady for that reason. I, yeah, I, I mean, if you're going to terrorize my team, like there are so many games where the 49ers had him dominated for three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, he's just like, oh, I'm going to just win now. And then he does. Yeah, I understand that. Now, you have to be loving this offseason then with all the drama with Russell Wilson. They they haven't really done anything to make their team better. They're losing pieces, actually. So this has to be a fun offseason for you then, watching it, them just fall apart. I always feel like that with them. But as long as they have him now, I have said that I firmly think he's played his last game there. I think he is just as upset as Deshaun Watson. He's trying to be a nicer guy about it because he's very concerned with his image. But when you throw out the four teams already that you're willing to go to, I don't care if you've officially demanded a trade or not. Like, you've demanded a trade. And how are you going to yeah. walk back into that locker room and be like, oh, sorry, guys, everything's cool now. I know I spent the whole offseason trashing the offensive line, but I'm here now, so we're good. I know, right? That's the biggest issue is you're going to be pretty much working behind that same offensive line. They haven't brought in anyone besides Gabe Jackson from the Raiders. so. Yeah, they're going to know they're, he's unhappy there. It's going to be awkward. Uh, I, I cannot picture him in any other uniform, though. That's my biggest gripe about that. I cannot picture Russell Wilson anywhere else. But could you have pictured Philip Rivers in a Colts uniform or, you know, See, Brett I Favre in a... I, I could have pictured Rivers somewhere else, but I think a good example would be Tom Brady. I never thought he was going to leave New England. I was certain he was going to stay there up to the second he signed with the Bucks. So anything could happen. Oh, if he goes to the Bears, that's just so gross. <laughs> they had their chance and they whiffed on it. I've already spent, I crushed the Bears in the SB Nation NFL show yesterday because not only did they not get Russell Wilson, they settled for Andy Dalton. Like if you're Oof. willing to give up three first round picks for a quarterback, go call up the Browns for Baker or the Titans for Ryan Tannehill. Like I'm sure there are plenty of teams that would be willing to move a quarterback for three first round picks. There's no need to settle for Andy Dalton. And I'm sure you can move up in the draft from 20 to three with three first round picks and go get Justin Fields, who I call Russell Wilson 2.0. Ah, oh, well, please look, can we not, if the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson and then get Justin Fields, that would be just freaking <laughs> phenomenal. So you said the Seahawks aren't getting much better then. So what is the move you have for them that should make us nervous as Niners fans? I don't think there's anything to make you nervous. I do think they probably hurt you the most by getting your cornerback. I feel like I'm going to say the name wrong, but Akello Witherspoon, he was a pretty solid coverage corner. Uh, and, you know, he goes away from the 49ers, joins Seattle. I don't think it's enough where they're going to win a game because they have him over you or win the division. But I think that's probably their best signing so far since they haven't done a whole lot. Here's the thing with Akello. When his head's on straight and his confidence is up, he's very good. He's long. He's tall. He's rangy. He uses his length well. Like, he can look like an all-world guy. But if you beat him on a couple of plays, he just seems to get down on himself, and it just kind of, like, snowballs, and it's like he forgets that he's actually really gifted. And so, I, as a Niner fan, I have to hope that they can sort of pick on him a little bit and never really get that confidence up. Were you hoping that they re-signed him or were you okay with him going elsewhere? Cause he wasn't very pricey. He only, he received one year, $4 million from Seattle. Yeah. That surprised me because like my first thought was, okay, if that's all he got and the 49ers didn't offer that to him, they must be pretty much done with him. Yeah. And they kept Emmanuel Mosley for two mil or two years. What was it? 9 million. Yeah. 
do you like that signing over keeping Akella? Um, yes, because I feel like Mosley's more consistent. Like I mentioned, um, I think that Akello's ceiling was higher, but his floor is also lower. So give me Mosley, the steady guy. At least I know what I'm getting from him on a week in, week out basis. Um, but I think the Verrett signing was massive because if Mosley is your best corner, I don't love your secondary, but if Verrett can play, I mean, he was a top 10 corner in the league last year. So if he can stay healthy and give you that, and Mosley's my number two, I just kind of exhale a little bit and feel good about the secondary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Verrett was a fantastic signing. And when you're just looking at what Seattle did elsewhere, I mean, it's very minimal, even with Wilson being very upset and saying he wants more pieces. They're not doing it for him, at least not yet. I guess we're still in the first week of free agency. Anything could happen. But I do think the only way Seattle is decent next year is if Russell Wilson's still on that team because he can carry a bad team. He is the LeBron James of the NFL in that way, I believe. But if he's gone, Seattle's a four-win team, I think. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. And and here's the thing. I think Pete knows that. I think Pete Carroll knows my NFL coaching career before Russell Wilson was not really anything to sneeze at. And after Russell Wilson, the only team that's won more games has been the New England Patriots. Like, that's how much of a difference maker Russell Wilson is. And I think Pete knows that. And that's sort of the rumor that we heard with the Bears trade was that John Schneider took a deal to him that won the the three first-round picks and the third and the two players, and Pete ultimately vetoed it. And I think we know why, and he knows why. Yeah, I saw a great tweet, and I don't know who it was from now, but they just said, if Seattle took that trade from the Bears, then Seattle becomes the Bears with, uh, you know, these. you could have used the draft picks to maybe bolster up your defense or, you know, get some pieces, but then Seattle becomes the bears and bears become Seattle. And it's like, Seattle doesn't want to be the bears. <laughs> why, why would you want to be the bears without a quarterback, a decent team? You have the pieces now because you are able to get um, all those additional picks and those two starters. So you might have more depth, but without a quarterback, you are nothing. They were planning to go with Matt Flynn. Like we were so close as 49ers fans <laughs> to having to compete against Matt Flynn. And then of course we all know what happened. Okay. So let's move off Seattle. Now let's go to the Rams. Cause I think the Rams are going to be one of the top teams in the division. Uh, the Stafford thing I'm not counting cause they traded for him. He wasn't a free agent signing. Was that what you had picked? Yeah, clearly. I mean, they really only just lost pieces besides Stafford. Uh, they lost a lot of pieces on defense with Josh John or John Johnson and then Troy Hill and Michael Brockers. Mm-hmm. So you lost a lot of key pieces there. I do think, though, because we're talking about how important quarterbacks are, you got to count Matthew Stafford because that is what's going to change them from, you know, a good coach, a a really good defense at the moment, a team that will make the playoffs. But I think Matthew Stafford changes them into a team that can actually make a run uh, where I guess Jared Goff already made the Super Bowl, but it feels a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo where it just doesn't count. (laughs) It doesn't count. Nobody was up at night because they were going to have to face Jared Goff the next day. Like, no, he stinks. I think Stafford could have a monster year with the Rams. I really think like people do not understand how much Sean McVay was holding Jared Goff's hand. I think that they're going to be a big problem. And you're totally right about their free agency situation. This is the price that they are paying for their strategy, which has been, let's have some like elite top two at our position in Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. But because of that, and because of some of the big contracts that they've given out, 
there's not much behind them. It's like a supermarket where you see the one thing on the shelf, you take it off the shelf, and then there's nothing behind it. It's just empty. And I feel like that's yeah. where the Rams are. Um, and that's the price they pay for how they've chosen to build their team. And I'll say one of the best moves they may have made is a loss for them or is Malcolm Brown. Finally letting Malcolm Brown leave to go somewhere else because Sean McVay loved that man. And he put him in <laughs> over Cam Akers, over Daryl Henderson, who are way more, they're just more talented. They're more explosive. They're more, they can actually break out a 30 yard run, which Malcolm Brown doesn't have that. I'm sure defenses <laughs> were very excited when Malcolm Brown was on the field all the time. He was very good at getting those four yards for you, but that's just not a winning formula. So I think actually getting him out of that team and using Cam Akers and using Daryl Henderson will be very good for their offense. That's like that old fullback line. If you need, if you need three yards, I'll get you four. If you need five yards, I'll get you four. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was Malcolm Brown to a T. I don't know how, and I feel like Kyle Shanahan does this too. And I don't know if if this is like, if Tomlin does this, let me know. But I feel like there are guys that Shanahan loves and he'll stick with them. I'm talking to you, Tevin Coleman, who inexplicably started over Raheem Mostert or (laughs) guys that he hates like Dante Pettis and Akella Witherspoon really last year who just get in the doghouse and you never see them again. And I don't know, like we can all see the the good players and the non-good players, but you mentioned it with McVay, kept throwing Brown in there. I I don't know how that happens. I have zero idea. It's very frustrating because then they'll put in one of, like I keep bringing up Akers and Henderson, but they'll put them in, have a 30-yard run, and it's like, oh, they go right back to the bench. They'll put in (laughs) Malcolm Brown. It's like, all right. Uh, Yeah, I don't really understand, but it's what coaches do. They, They have their guys. A lot of the way that I judge acquisitions and coaching moves is what would my opponents think? So like, let's say if I'm playing the Rams, for example, and I see Brown come in, I'm like, awesome. Like that yeah. makes, that <laughs> makes my life easier. And if that is the case, don't you have to ask yourself, like, why are we doing this? Absolutely. And that you said, does Mike Tomlin do that? I remember we kept Ryan Switzer as our punt returner for the longest time. He could never get more than five yards, I swear. And then Deontay Johnson came in after he got hurt and was killing it as a punt returner. It's like, how did we keep Ryan Switzer back there for so long? Like, did you not see this in practice? Did you not see the difference? It doesn't make any sense. Well, the 49ers haven't had a good punt returner since Ted Ginn in 2011. So uh, please, if you know of any more, please send them to San Francisco. Okay, I'm surprised they're not using Brandon Ayuk. I thought they were going to. Well, they had Dante Pettis on the team for a while who had more returns than anybody in the history of college football, and they never used him there. He returned one kick and he fumbled (laughs) right before last year. That was the end of him. So I don't know why they, again, like you said, like they stick with certain people and they don't use, Ayuk could be great, great. Yeah. He's great with the ball in his hands. I I don't get it. He was a good kick returner uh, in college. I, I, I thought that's how he's going to get on the field the fastest. That's why I was into Brandon Ayuk for fantasy. I was like, he's going to get his playing time there. Hopefully he'll see, see the field as a receiver as the year goes on, but he instantly kind of just clicked. So I was happy to see his success so early on. He is the guy that like Niners fans think will be sort of unleashed if they got consistent quarterback play next year. Do you are you high on him from a fantasy perspective? I am. I'm very high on Brandon Ayuk. I liked him before even the start of the season. He was one of my highest graded rookie wide receivers. I really love Ayuk. Uh, I think he can be truly special. He reminds me of Stefan Diggs a little bit. Did you just give me the I liked Brandon Ayuk before it was cool? 
I think I kind of did. Yeah, <laughs> threw that out there. <laughs> Batting my own shoulder. All right, <laughs> my own that's, back. Yeah. that's how we're gonna roll on this show. All right, so we did the Seahawks, we did the Rams. Good luck finding what is the acquisition from the Cardinals that scares me because I think that the Cardinals are completely botching this. I think if they were playing in 2015, they'd be awesome, but it's 2021. I, I am not scared about anything they've done. Yeah, I want to even name the JJ Watt as the best addition for the Cardinals. I mean, uh, clearly he's going to be he's going to be good for them. He'll make his splashy plays. He'll be solid. I do actually really like them getting Rodney Hudson though, the center from the Raiders. Yes, you're right. That was a huge hole for them last year. I mean, he gets to replace Mason Cole, who had eight penalties last season, uh, and a way way worse run and pass blocker. Ronnie Hudson only gave up one sack, 14 pressures last year, one penalty. I think that's a great uh, addition for them uh, and will be really good for Kyler Murray and whoever the running back is, even if it's Chase Edmonds moving forward. I don't care who the running back is. I don't care who the offensive linemen are. As long as Cliff Kingsbury is there, the Arizona Cardinals will never scare me. I don't think that guy can coach his way out of a paper bag. He couldn't win at Texas Tech. He can't win in the pros. Like I, He does not frighten me. He is the worst coach in that division by a mile. I do think the Cardinals are wildly overrated. You're seeing a lot of people get very excited about the Cardinals this offseason, being like, this is what, like players want to go there because they want to win. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. They never, they don't win. Like, <laughs> they, right. they were eight and eight last year, and Kyler Murray had a pretty solid season. I know he got hurt at the end and maybe that messed things up, but they also won that game from that hell Mary against the bills or they would have been seven and nine. Like, yep. I don't know. They couldn't even make the playoffs in a very terrible NFC last season. I don't really know what they did this year to get a whole lot better. I do. I do like the piece of Rodney Hudson. I do think JJ Watt's going to be a solid addition, but then they lost Hassan Ruddick. Who's a, a yeah, that's a big piece of their defense. So yeah, I don't see them being a whole lot better. Maybe nine and seven next year. I, well, I think you're being generous there. Um, yeah, I kind of wanted Hassan Reddick to end up in San Francisco. Uh, they sort of chose uh, Samson Ibukum over him, I guess you could say. Uh, apparently, we can only get players from the NFC West on our team. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like you brought in AJ Green. Like, really? Like, what do you think AJ Green is going to do? I just, I, I can't see what the vision is in Arizona. At least with San Francisco, I say, okay, they get a Bukum. They want their speed guy on the other side opposite Nick Bosa. Like, you could see the vision, what they're thinking there. With the Cardinals, it's like, what are you doing? I think they're really just hoping Kyler Murray is Russell Wilson in a way where he's just pretty much going to carry a team. And yeah. that's what they're going to need him to do. They need him to be absolutely awesome. They need that offense to score 30 points a game. And that's their winning formula. I, I don't think they're a contender this year at all. I do think the 49ers, as they sit, it's the 49ers and the Rams. And it all depends on what the 49ers do at quarterback. Uh, what they figure out there and now if it's a rookie it might take a year or two which stinks but I do think it's the 49ers and the Rams at the top of this division while the Cardinals and Seahawks are kind of falling apart here the one thing I kind of got turned around on this a little because I was agree in agreement with you like if you bring in a rookie Kyle's system is pretty complicated I'm not sure that it you know they're going to be able to do anything in year one but then someone reminded me like when they got Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017 he had to sort of change the tires on a moving car. He had to learn the system 
in the middle of the season. And they gave him a couple weeks to learn it. But then when he came in, not only did they win, but he put up numbers that he hasn't reached since then. Like he put up some of his best numbers when he barely knew the system in 2017. So that does sort of give me a little encouragement that maybe Kyle could kind of piece it together, even if they did go with the rookie. But I could also just be trying to fool myself. I fully admit that. We've seen it have success before with Russell Wilson in your division as a rookie. Like as long as you have a good defense with Big Ben back in the day, they didn't ask him to do a whole lot, but he went, what, 15 and one his first yep. season, went to the Super Bowl the next season. And it's all because of the defense. So if the 49ers end up when they're healthy and they have they go back to that 2019 defense, if they can get back to that elite status, as long as the offense is okay. I do think you can make a decent run as as a team. Oh, please. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> that is going to do it for this edition of the Niners Nation podcast. We still need to find a name for the show. Uh, if you want to give us suggestions, we'd love to have them. I'm on Twitter at Stats on Fire. Michelle is on Twitter at Ball Blastem, which is a fantastic Twitter handle, might I add. I don't know how you came <laughs> up with that, but I, I do appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's all about that blasting the takes, blasting the <laughs> balls of people who have hot takes out there, especially on the Twitter sphere. That's going to be a drop forever. You saying blasting the balls will be a drop forever. <laughs> uh, we did have a podcast episode or segment called Blast His Balls, and we'd bring on someone to debate with him and just tear down his take. It was pretty fun. That's pretty good. Not going to lie. I'm a fan of that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, again, rate, review, and subscribe. We do appreciate it. If you have a question for Michelle, fantasy football question, please leave it in your review, and we will answer it on the show. Michelle, I'm really excited about the show. I'm so glad you've joined us. Thank you very much, and I can't wait to see what you do going forward. Thank you. I look forward to talking about the 49ers all year. <laughs>